This generation under so much pressure Held to a standard impossible to measure Without guys, they suffer No father in sight, uh, no love from their mother Not the fin for the one in the mirror Self-image distorted, can't get no clearer Damn, lost soul, devoured by the streets Ain't no fairy tales or yellow bricks Body feet, only crack vials and shell casings Looking for hope, but they still waiting And I implore you to never give up And like Pac said, uh Keep your head up and when you're back Up against the wall, keep your boots to the ground And stand tall, hold on and be strong And go against all odds, uh And keep your faith in God Welcome back to another episode of the Liberated Mind Show. This is episode 13, lucky number 13, and we'll be covering a couple different topics today um, surrounding um, the C-Murder and Master P feud, public feud, and also the latest of what's going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I am Kay, this is James. All right, so let's jump right into that first topic, uh, that beef between Master P and uh, C-Murder. Um, it's essentially uh, the evolution of self and, you know, how it can result in outgrowing friends and family. So let's jump into that. Uh, so how do you define evolution of self and why is it important to evolve at some point in life? I would define evolution of self as as a means of basically maturing and under, understanding before taking action. And, and what I mean by that is, um, I think when we're younger, we just run off a lot of impulse. We don't sit back and assess what's going on. So that's basically why we make a lot of, you know, we might trip up a few times um, before we actually understand exactly how to approach things. And that's in regards to, to most things in life, not just necessarily, um, it could be in sports, it could be in academics, it could just be in a daily, just life, just in general, just like things you learn in life. Um, I think it's important to move forward because, um, well, evolve is the word you use. I think it's important to evolve because um, as we get older, our our views change uh, mainly for the better, I believe, um, because you may see some things you may have been closed-minded on, uh, on once upon a time, but um, as time goes on, you can you can sit back and say, you know what, maybe it's not maybe it's not as important as I once put it and you know how to, I guess, um, what's the best way of putting it? I, I can't, I can't think of the best way to word it, but you no longer make that, that priority to say, Hey, I don't like this because blah, 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 blah. You can now see both sides where, okay, I can see this and I can take this point from it and I can live with that doesn't necessarily have to be my way or the highway. And I think judgment gets clouded because um, when we're younger, before we start evolving, it's like, all right, if this person doesn't agree with me or doesn't see things my, necessarily see things my way, they may not have to agree with me, but they don't have the same perspective as me. I can't rock with them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, 
I feel as though, you know, as time goes on and we evolve, it's like, okay, I understand that it, there's more than one way things can be done and there's different perspectives. And I understand how you came from that perspective, how you came to that perspective, but I may not agree, but I understand how you got to that point. Mm. So, yeah, that's my take on that. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with everything you said. Um, you know, sometimes evolution can be viewed as a negative thing by friends and family. So um, when that happens, do you think that's fueled by jealousy or just a lack of understanding of that person's growth? It may be both. And, and the reason I say it, it may be, it may be both is because some people are stagnant in life. And like Nipsey say, there's a marathon. So in that marathon, you have those people that, yeah, when we're kids, they may be ambition. They may have that ambition and, but it may only go but so far. And they may peak out at high school and they may say, this is, I'm content. This is all I want in life. This is, I'm comfortable. But you, you want to, you know, continue to grow. Therefore, you grow, you learn, get wiser, and you may move out of that comfort zone of that person to the point where you're like, hey, I'm no longer into that type of lifestyle or I'm no longer, you know, I no longer do things like that anymore. And some people may look at it as you turn your back on, you turn your back on. Like in this case with um, C Murder and P, I think that's exactly what happened. You know, they were both raised up in the Calio in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans. So, you know, they had that, that mentality of, you know, hustle and do, do what you need to for survival. Mm-hmm. But once P, P always had that, that hustler mentality, but it then evolved into a business mentality. And so he no longer felt the need that he needed to stay, stay put in the projects per se. So he's like, you know what, this is, I can still visit the projects when I need to, but I don't have to live here. The project should be a place you want to grow and leave. It shouldn't be a place where you say, you know what, I'm comfortable. This is it. This is my life. Mm-hmm. It's like to assist you for those times, you know, when you don't have your shit together. So he was able to make a livelihood in order to get out of there. But sometimes we have loyalty to the wrong things. And mm-hmm. I don't want to necessarily say, hey, I'm better than you because A, B, and C. But at the same time, you know, okay, this is what I want in life. This isn't what I want in life. And I think mm-hmm. that's what happened with P and C. It was like, all right, Master P got to the point where he was like, you know what? I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm no longer about that. I'm also getting up there in age. I think he's 50, 52 now. Mm-hmm. And C Murder is 49 or 50. So it's like, all right, C Murder made his choice to stay behind. He showed loyalty to the streets and not to his family. He may have believed he was showing loyalty to his family by, hey, staying in that position, which, you know, he was born into, but it was a disservice because he wasn't there to raise his girls at the end of the day. 
So you are more loyal to your friends than your family. And, yeah. are, and are they truly your friends if they put you in a predicament to get you separated from your offspring? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So I just, yeah, I feel as though it depends. Some some people say, hey, it's you outgrow people. They say some people are here for reasons and some for seasons. And that's true. It wasn't until I was older that I understood that. I've had some friends where I was real, we were real close friends. And I was like, all right. But then it just started, you didn't see any growth and maturity in them. And they were just like, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I'm about. And like, okay, I know that's no longer what I want in life. It was cool when I was 20, 22. Mm-hmm. But now somebody in the, you know, mid to late 30s is like, nah, I'm at a different different mindset now. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely um, agree with what you said. And I've experienced the same thing. Like, you had friends that you was, like, real tight with growing up. And then it's like, you veer off because you realize like that path and that same old stuff that you was doing 15, 20 years ago ain't what it is now. Like that's, that's not for you. Like some people um, get to face that mirror at a younger age. And some people never get to face the mirror where they get to see their reflection and see what's really going on and see who they are. See all their issues and everything, have everything laid out for you. Some people, you know, don't have that luxury to see that. So they never think what they're doing is wrong or anything. So they don't see a reason to evolve or grow. So then, because they don't see that, when you when you do see that and you decide to change and grow and, you know, change lanes or whatever, they see an issue with that. Because they like, yo, I, I, this is me. Like, this, this is life. Like. I don't understand why you don't get it. And then you over here wondering, like, I don't see why you don't get what I see. Why you why you don't have that clarity that I have? Like you still walk like and it's it's crazy because in life you don't really don't want to outgrow people, especially like close friends or family. But you sometimes you have to in order to move forward because if you got people that y'all not y'all not vibrating on the same wavelength and, and things like that they pulling down your frequency and you can't you can't never move ahead you can't you're not gonna be able to reach your goals or anything as long as you stay connected to these people and you may you won't still love them but you just can't bang with them like that like you can't be like, you know, rolling together and always together because that will pull you down. You won't be able to, you know, reach your full fullest potential. Because you stand you stand in this negativity and you need to rise above that. Mm-hmm. So evolution as you have to, everyone has to go through that. Even if even if you try to fight it and deny it, you have to look in the mirror one day and look at your flaws and everything and accept it and realize where you, what you need to change. Well, Steph, and yeah, to piggyback off that, it's like, like you said, people can pull you down to their level, meaning 
if your aspiration is, hey, I want to go to college and from there, I want to find a lucrative job. But your peoples is like, what you need to do that? And they into some stuff that ain't necessarily necessarily legal, but mm-hmm. it, it's getting them by. They're thinking of the here and now. And like I said, it's easy to get caught up. Someone pull you, pull you down and then you lose sight. So you, you have to, it comes a point to where you've got to say, hey, do I love myself more or is it I have more love for other people that may not even be there five years from now? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's one thing. It's, that's part of evolving too. It's just to say, hey, you know what? I, I got I to gotta love me because I think most of the time we, we may be too busy trying to satisfy other people, so to speak. It's just like, hey, oh, man, you know what? I can't do that to this person. And you're doing something that you may not necessarily be feeling, but it's never reciprocated. There's been situations like that within my life, I know, where I go out of my way thinking, hey, I know when the time comes around, at least I know they'll remember this and they, they'll go that extra mile for me. But it, it's not because everyone doesn't think like you. And that's, a, that's also another lesson that you learn later in life. Like what you do isn't what somebody else will necessarily do. Yeah. And if you, um, once you learn that, you'll be able to keep striving and go forward. So. Definitely. All right, so we're going to move forward into some, um, some, you know, frustrating situations that are going on in this country. It's nothing new. It's just uh, draining at the end of the day. Um, let's, let's jump into the two justice systems that we got, you know, where we see Somebody black and unarmed get shot seven times in the back. And then we see somebody white and armed kill two people and injure another person and they get to leave the state. Like, what's your what's your take on that, Kay? Yeah, it's like like you said, it's draining. I feel as though every few weeks we're we're in this same position and like you said, the, the PTSD associated with it, I'm sure it's it affects people in different ways. But like I said, this one is just, I don't know, this one, and I know it may sound repetitive too, but because we said, yo, this one's different. This one feels different. Or we'll be like, what will it take? This is the one. This is what it'll take. This is it. Everyone mm-hmm. can clearly see this. And it's like, it's like a never ending cycle. It's the same cycle, same situations where lethal force isn't necessarily necessary in a situation with an unarmed person, but it's used anyway. Mm. In this case, I use the word lethal because it was lethal. Seven shots in somebody's back. Mm -hmm. It's only by miracle the person did not die. And not to mention his children were there. His children were in that van. And that whichever officer it was, because I'm not even sure if they even released the officer's name by now. They they allowed they're allowing him to hide, or like I said, they said to even 
clean up his social media because we know a lot of craps out there in social media too. But for the mere fact that this this officer felt it was justified in shooting somebody in the back in front of their children seven times, that's to kill. Because who's to say, yeah, some people might say, oh, it may take one more than one shot. All right, what happened to one or two? At max three, seven. So you wanted to end the person's life over a thought of maybe there's a weapon. No, ne no proof necessarily, but just the thought of it. Meanwhile, in the same city, the same police force, video of somebody with a weapon, and also his Snapchats and interviews him saying, oh, I came out here from Illinois to reinforce the law. I'm here to protect the property. Not his property, just random property. Somebody could make a case for him and say, hey, that's his property he stood up for. So he had every right to defend it. But this isn't his property. He could, probably couldn't even tell you the owner of whatever he was defending, as he put it. Actually, he said it was his job. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, my job is to blah, blah, blah. So he's walking around with this. And like I said, he's walking around with this rifle for intimidation. It was, a, was it AR-15 or something? Yeah, I think so. And he, and he had a nerve to have on um, gloves. Yeah, what was that about? He's, you know, he knows somebody's going to be bleeding. Mm -hmm. So he was just like, you know what? I'm going I'm to leave my house in Illinois. He can't even. His mama had to drive him. Yeah, yeah and that's even worse. His mom, yeah. like, coerced him on. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. let's go, go do it. I'm proud She's of you. Like, accountable. So, yeah. So we have an unarmed person. You have this armed person, murders people. Everyone's saying, that's the shooter. That's the shooter. As he waves down the police, listen, you know, that's, he waves down the police with a weapon in sight. Walks down to the police. Police don't even bat an eye. They don't even say, put the weapon down, nothing. So, it's like a scene out of the Twilight Zone, man. It's like, wait a minute. Why? It's the obvious answer. You and I know. The mm -hmm. viewers know. But it's like, why is this guy not perceived as a threat? If you put yourself in a situation, you, you then can't claim for it to be self-defense. Mm. That's the way I see it. Yeah, because he came out there on a mission. Mm -hmm. That like, was his mission. He knew going out there that he was going to shoot somebody. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's, that's crazy. It's no, like I said, it's no different than me going to a Klan rally with a gun talking about, I'm here just to make sure that these people don't get out of hand. And then I'm put myself in a situation to where I'm gonna use that weapon. That's mm -hmm. premeditated because I already knew, okay, I'm going to death with the Klan. That's mm -hmm. what somebody gonna die. It's mm -hmm. premeditated. If only, you only, difference is, is, only difference yeah. is that you would get stopped before you even get there. Oh yeah, yep. I would. If I, that'd be lucky, I'd be lucky if I get stopped because the police would see the weapon and that's it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the same open carry, and 
<laughs> it, it's just, like I said, it just, it's, it's sad. And one thing about it is I heard that, that, um, that kid, I guess I should refer to him as a kid, even though it's an adult act he did, but he obtained the guns illegally because he's not of age to have a gun permit. Mm -hmm. And like we said, his mom drove him. So did she coerce him? Should, should she be held accountable? Definitely. I think so. Because from, from the posts that I was saying that they put up, they like all about that Blue Lives Matter crap. And I'm like, first of all, people that use Blue Lives Matter, I'm like, there's no blue people. Mm-hmm. So that Blue Lives Matter shit is stupid. Like they, they even say some shit like that. Just just in, just because you don't like Black Lives Matter because it says black. That's what it, that's what it boils down to. So you come back and say Blue Lives Matter, and nobody out here is blue. All the cops don't even wear blue. <laughs> so like. <laughs> Yeah, so like, what, what, what are you? Re you're really just saying that you're anti-black to the point that you'll say anything else matters besides black lives. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, all lives, and like we know, the, all these slogans were just used to counteract black lives because none of them existed prior to you hearing "Black Lives Matter." Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like it's to mute the black part, like you said. Bottom line. It's crazy. And then you got uh, people like uh, Tucker Carson justifying this. I'm not going to call him a kid. This thug's actions mm. out there. Um, he going, what did he say? He said, what do you expect? Um, the looting. You, you didn't think that the looting was going to evolve to get somebody getting killed? Mm. Like justifying the, this, this thug's act, like murdering two people. And shooting somebody else, and the, and the third person that got injured, they had they got their arm amputated now. So mm. like, you as somebody that's, I mean, I'm about to say he's a media personality, but I don't even Fox News isn't really media; it's just all opinion based. But um, him being in that position on TV to say something irresponsible like that, there's no way that he should still be on TV after today. Like it's no in 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 the world how it should be, he shouldn't be on TV no more. Right. But because he said what he said about this despicable person who's gonna be held as a hero by that side, mm -hmm. it's nothing gonna happen to him. No, I, and you know a thought that just passed. My mind was, look, look at what um, Trump did for Roger Stone. So if something does, yeah, it won't even get to the point to where he's in prison because ain't, a trial ain't going to occur that fast because even if he loses the election, he can still, he can say, hey, let's commute this guy. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Because like you said, they're hailing him a hero. The, the right is. And the people say, oh, well, it's the extreme right. Listen, it's the right. Mm -hmm. Right. So how what what is it that you see as heroic in this? Because like like um like it's been said, if this were a black person that did this, they'd say this was this is how black lives matter behaves. This is what they do. 
see they go out there and they kill people. We've heard that. Mm -hmm. We've heard it. But you, since you know this guy, they want to say he is a lone wolf. They won't say any association it is. And then mm -hmm. they'll say, well, he's actually a patriot because he went out there to defend property. Once again, property is not more valuable than human life. I don't care what way you put it. It is not. And at the end of the day, we have courts. So if we have courtrooms, we have jails. What's the purpose of them if people are just going to be murdered on the street when it comes to us? But when it comes to them, it's, they're afforded that. And saying, hey, you know what? This is the process. So we have to go through this process before punishing. So now we're going to presume him to be not guilty, as the law says, when clearly this man went out there to kill people. Or this is, like you said, this thug. Because it's a textbook thug. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. But, like, they use that word patriot like it's some kind of great thing. But what is a patriot, really? A, patri a patriot, according to them, is somebody that lives by the principles of America and that, you know, believes wholeheartedly in the flag. So, you believe in a corrupt, unjust country, and you follow a symbol of that country. So does being a patriot really make you a hero? In America, because I think if it's somebody out in the Middle East, they're an insurgent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they definitely switch that up. Because yep. you got to think about it, an insurgent and a patriot, the same thing. They just they just from two different countries, uh huh, or not two different countries, but two different regions. It, it it is, and we know it's a certain type of person that is considered patriotic because what I consider patriotic. What's his name? Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. He'd say, "Oh, that's not patriotic. That's some um, destruction of property." And what I have in mind is, I believe it was in South Carolina a couple years ago, where that sister climbed that flagpole and ripped down that Confederate flag. Yeah, that was that patriotic. Was, that was patriotic. First of yeah. all, that's not even a U.S. flag. Yeah. And it was waving. So she took it down. Mm -hmm. That's an act of patriotism. But no, they want to say it's an act of vandalism. <laughs> but murder... But you know what? This that's how the country was founded on. The the people that they found here, they deemed to be the enemy and savages, and wiping them out was an act of patriotism. Ain't that crazy though? That mm -hmm. that you call somebody savages that greet you with hospitality and respect. Mm. Where, where does the savagery come in? Doesn't the savagery come in when you be when you be, began to act like a savage? and murder people mm. so it's funny it's funny how definitions can change it's all about that man in the mirror and it seems like these types of people never had a mirror because what you want to sit up and portray the, the, the victim as you are actually that is it is it is it it's a distractor that's what it is mm -hmm. plain and simple Definitely. That's like that. Um, the mayor 
or the sheriff, whoever it was, they blamed the curfew that people because people weren't uh you know, following the curfew, that's why they were killed. Right. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. So because of the curfew, you violated curfew, you deserve to die. Yeah, that's that's, that's just like the woman that's dressed dressed in a loose matter deserves to be raped. Exactly. That's the equivalent. And that's going back to Jacob Blake. Uh, if you know that like cops, they're supposed to uphold the law. But even if somebody's guilty, they're not supposed to kill them. Mm-hmm. Like they're just not supposed to. Even if the death, the death penalty is from places where the death penalty is still around. They're supposed to be arrested. Uh, given a fair trial, and then if it's determined that they get the death penalty, the state does that. Police are not supposed to kill people just because they're guilty. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's what's that? That's Judge Dre. Yep. That's exactly what it's turning into. Yep. Judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. This is the type of power, and I think that's. That's what's going behind defund the police. It's like, you know what, you got you guys are giving these these it's a it's a job title. You're giving them too much power. So mm-hmm. going back to the whole Blue Lives Matter, guess what? These people when they're off, are they still considered blue lives when they take off their uniform? No, because at that point, guess what? They whatever whatever ethnic group or race they are, that's that's what they are. Because without that, we've seen it plenty of times where uh, police officers who are black aren't in uniform and they're pulled over and treated just like how any other black man would. It's not until they disclose, hey, I'm this, I'm that. I don't know if you got to see that video. It was out like earlier this year with that FBI, that black brother. Yeah, I saw FBI. that. Mm-hmm. And these police came there. I think he was outside at a restaurant. Yeah, it was like an outdoor restaurant. Right. And they came there harassing them and telling them this and that. This is what, who are you? Show me ID. Then they proceeded to put cuffs on them. And he's like, you know what? Watch this. He told his friends, watch this. He, he never disclosed that he was an FBI agent. He let it get to the point where they took his wallet out to look at his ID. And they saw that. And he's like, yeah, you're real dumbasses now. And they immediately took those cuffs off him. And they, they just had that egg on their face. They couldn't say shit. Yeah, that yo, that was one of the best videos I, I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, they look so stupid after that. And they, like you said, they took the cuffs off of him so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, with the quickness. And he just sat there saying stuff. And they couldn't say nothing back because they right. were stupid. Like, they... They literally thought, "Oh, this is this is another black guy that uh-huh. we're, gonna, we're gonna take take to jail," and then they find out that he actually is above all of y'all. So he got that rank, yep. Yeah, they were. That was that was amazing. That was that was a beautiful <laughs> video. That was that was like a a jewel. Yes, Man. it was. That was a beautiful thing to witness, and it, and it's like this. It's like. I, I, I brought that up to say Black Lives Matter, meaning 
they looked at him as a black man. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until they saw what job he had that he was treated as a blue life per se. Mm-hmm. So it's a blue job. It's not a life. Exactly. Because they, they could have taken that brother's life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Before, it, before they even checked his ID. Because if he would have given them any excuse, if he might have sneezed, they would have been like, well, I fear for my life. Bang, bang. Then yeah. they would have had to sit up there and try and do some character assassination. Uh, he, stole, he stole some bubble gum out the corner store at age seven yeah. to justify something 30 years later. Exactly. You know what's crazy, though? It's like essentially being black and breathing is a crime. Mm. Because no matter what you do, it's a problem. I think it was a video I saw that somebody shared yesterday. The cops surrounded this guy because he had too many credit cards. What does that even mean? Okay. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, is They always find a reason. So essentially, it comes down to the fact that you're you're here alive and breathing. So we don't want you here no more. So we're gonna find a reason to take you out, to push your buttons and get you hostile. Exactly. And it, it's it's sickening, man. It's like it's we're we're being hunted, and then people that don't care to understand, they just like brush it off like it's nothing major or they say what about Chicago and you know what about black on black crime but as we said on previous shows 85% of white people that's murdered or that a crime is committed against is done by other white people mm-hmm. so it's about the same rate it's probably it's actually more it's more it's happening to white people more than the so called black on black crime which is a myth it's about proximity because yeah. they have a larger population. Their white on white crime happens way more. More frequently, yep. Yeah. So don't say black on black crime until you start addressing everything else by race. If you're if you going to do black on black crime, you got to say white on white crime because that's the largest sector of crime in this country. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That's a fact. And like I said, I, I, one thing I've noticed, especially on social media, where people will say, this is, this is just the government trying to divide us. It's not a race thing. This is an us versus them thing. But the whole foundation of this country was founded on discrimination and hate towards Africans. Bottom line, it's, it's written in the Constitution. Yeah, you can amend amend it, but at the end of the day, it was still there in writing, the foundations of this country. So for people to sit up there and always want to disregard and say, that's that race card people are throwing out, race always plays a factor. I don't care what anyone says, it always plays a factor. Always. And until, until we can, and by we, I mean this country, we can admit, hey, you know what? It's not far-fetched. Desegregation only happened 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. These people that were part of that are mothers and grandmothers today, grandfathers, uncles, aunts. So 
for you to make it sound like it happened oh so long ago that it, it, it has it plays no part today is bullshit. And I think it's just used to, to mute people. It's used to mute us anytime we bring up the obvious throughout a situation. And I think it's I think that is exactly why this there's no progression within the country and why these type of occurrences keep reoccurring. It's because we don't want to admit there's a systemic race issue here. Exactly. Even to the point, you've seen that article on, um, even in real estate, in yeah. real estate, when selling a house, I've heard it before, that, hey, if, if you're an African-American trying to sell your house, you have to hide all traces of African-American um, evidence, whether it be a picture, a family portrait, art, whatever. You have to hide it because your appraisal rate will drop if they find any traces that this house is owned by a black person. Mm -hmm. That's how crazy it is. But yet people say, like Nikki Haley, in my opinion, Nikki Haley, governor of South Carolina, she has no say in the black plight. And by that, I mean, for her to sit up and try to compare the, the um, East Indian experience to that of the African in the US, the East Indian who came here freely, who, who migrated here freely, and you say, oh, because of the different culture, they're accepted more. They can assimilate more. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, if they do marry outside of their, their ethnic group, it's two whites. It's never, or it's rarely, let me not say never, it's rarely to Africans. And that's, that's just how it goes. So for her to say, hey, this country is no longer racist, or this isn't a racist country because both my parents came here and they were able to do it. it it's bullshit. Yeah. Trevor Noah said something very interesting uh, when it came to that, where, do, where we always had these exceptions. And then the Republicans, the conservatives, always want to paint the exceptions as proof, proof that this country has progressed. And mm -hmm. Trevor Noah said, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he pretty much said, that's like an airplane crashing and you being the sole survivor saying, well, I survived. These other people should have survived. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I'm the exception. Yeah, so exactly. You can't sit up there and just point to the exception and say, see, it is possible. To, anybody can survive. He survived. Therefore, you should be able to make it too. Exactly. That's, and that's, that's what, Mm -hmm. And that's what occurs all the time. Yeah. All First, the time. First of all, the East Indian experience here is completely different because when they come here and they gain citizenship, they check off Caucasian. <laughs> like, how about that? So that that gives them a leg up already because they identify with Caucasian because they know the benefits of being Caucasian in this country. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they do benefit from it because they're, they're able to get 
businesses mm-hmm. going and everything. Things that we as Africans here in America, we don't have the benefit. We don't have no, there's no real program set up for us. They say they're going to they set up programs for us, but it don't really come to us. Mm-hmm. Some way it finds its way to, you know, some company or somebody that's supposed to be a representative for us, but it don't never trickle down to us for us right. to be able to start those kind of businesses and be able to just, you know, come from nothing and, and be, and, you know, get to something. So it's like, you can't compare nobody else's experience to what we go through or what we've been through or what our ancestors went through. You just can't. There's nobody, nobody's experience can compare. It's, it's, it's nothing that can happen. Like not saying that nobody else didn't struggle or didn't go through their trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. Right. This yeah. is this this is not a game of oh let's let's match tragedies. No, you can't match tragedies with the African experience. Like you just can't. That's and it's okay. like and not to dwell on that because you know before the tragedy. We were, you know, great war, like warriors and royalty and stuff like that. But that was all tarnished because of the struggle. And it still continues because of that. The 400 years is trickled down from that. And we're, we're feeling it to this day. I don't care who's in denying, who's in denial of it, who's saying that this country is no longer racist because that's bullshit. <laughs> Cause you gotta think about it. When somebody say, "Oh, you playing a race card," if me and you walk into a room full of white people, what's the first thing they're gonna see? Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not gonna be like, "Oh, that's K." Oh, that's James. No, they're gonna be like, oh, "That's that's a black guy." Mm-hmm. So how does how doesn't race play a part in everything? If only if the first thing that we perceive is based on what we see, and if exactly. you see somebody, you. You see them. You see their race. Can't you can't hide it? Nope. You just can't. You can't hide who you are. Like what you, what we are. Can't you can't hide it. This is what it is, and our experience is what it is. So what what other card are we gonna play besides that? What what like we're card carrying members. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying. Like it's not like we can just. You know, like it's it's Caucasian people that may not actually be fully benefiting from their privilege, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Like they still benefit from it, whether they want to, you know, say they do or not. There's certain things that they can get away with that I can never get away with. So, like, yeah, if, it's, if when you say the race card, yeah. Cause that's the that's the only membership that we can have right now, because everywhere else we get blocked. Yeah, we get like, denied. like you said, that's what they see when you say the card carrying member. I chuckle just because it's like you don't even need the card. Like you said, it's the minute you you walk in. It's not Nikki Haley can pass for white. Even I think even traces of her name. That's not a Indian name. No, nah, not at all. So it's like you you can hide your identity, Flip. I'll put it like this. I I hope it's not taken the wrong way, but 
we can't hide being black. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. But if we go back to Nazi Germany, how did a person know a person was um, European Jew? They had to have numbers tattooed on them. Yeah, that's the only way they could tell. Yeah. Plain and simple. So you would have to get to that point to where I had to pull up my sleeve or whatever. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the chances of you knowing what I am ethnically, racially, when I walk into a room, me is without a shadow of a doubt. But during Nazi Germany, it's like these people could walk in and they could survive just as long as they kept that hidden. Mm-hmm. So it's a totally, like you said, it's, it's unique. The U.S. is unique in the way they dealt with stuff. Because even I'm trying to think of what other country had enslaved people that they eventually freed and lived amongst them. You see what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. unheard of because most people, if they were free, they'd have some place to go back to. Exactly. Where it wasn't the case. And they said, you know what, whatever, we'll, we'll, we have to deal with this. We, there's nothing, we, we can't say return because we can't bring them there and we don't know which country they came from. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you had to make up a whole set of laws. You had to make up a slave patrol, which then evolved into police. Then you had to have a, um, you had the Emancipation Proclamation, which then graduated into Jim Crow laws. So you have all of these, these fundamental systemic racist values in this system, in this country that just changed names. They just, they camouflage, but it's still there to keep us in check. Mm-hmm. But then you want to say it doesn't exist because the most obvious of us being in chains in physical chains is no longer there. Who are you yeah. deceiving? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's all you can do really is just is is kind of laugh about it because it's like it's so clear what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's still people walking around. It's still people walking around with like blinders, mm-hmm. and like I'm like, yo, everything is clear. Yep. If you just you know, just focus, just look, open your eyes, take mm-hmm. the blinders off, pay attention to what it is. What's that? It's like it, it's crazy out here, and this and. I don't I don't know another group of people that it's it's a risk just walking down the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's literally like if you're walking down the wrong neighborhood, that can be a problem. Right. Like I don't know anybody else that has to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Like and and for it to be like a a battle between who who who's the most oppressed. First of all, it shouldn't even be a battle because that's not a badge of honor to wear. 
But then again, on top of that, there's no comparison. There's no comparison to who has been oppressed the longest. And even with the amendments to the Constitution and stuff like that, the amendments add to whatever the Constitution was already laid out, but mm-hmm. it doesn't erase it. Exactly. Until until you overhaul the whole thing, it doesn't mean nothing. Like we're still basically classified as three fifths of a person. Exactly. Because that whole constitution is still there. It was never overhauled. It was never completely done over. Mm-hmm. And to this day, it, it still happens. And to this day, slavery still exists. They they would they call it prison, but it still exists. Anytime, anytime you do all this labor for all these multi-billion-dollar companies, and you're getting paid five to ten cents a day, <laughs> that's slavery. Because what the hell is five to ten cents really going to do? Exactly. Even even being in prison, what is that really going to do? Because I know damn well the commissary stuff ain't that cheap. Nope. Mm-mm. So it's like it don't it don't matter. Where you at in the system? Essentially, you're gonna get fucked. Mm-hmm. Yep, like you said, and it's all based upon our appearance. Like you said, just in the in the um, what was that? What was what was Ahmad's last name? I forget. Down in Arbery. Right. In the wrong neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And look at what happened. And it's crazy because it was it was his neighborhood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was it was told he was in the wrong neighborhood. He did. Yeah. That's that's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. But you know, through throughout all this though, we gotta got definitely salute uh, LeBron and some of the players in the NBA, man, for you know taking a stand and um, speaking out on this. And even getting the games postponed about this and trying trying to postpone the rest of the season is just it's unfortunate that unity can't occur where it's across the board and everybody agrees. Right. And how, I meant to ask you this, how do you feel about that? Because um I notice I notice especially about some especially when some people were excited. Hey, look, oh, this is gonna be major. Because remember, there were rumors that it was gonna happen. Milwaukee's thinking of boycotting. Then Milwaukee mm-hmm. went ahead and boycotted. And people say, yo, this is major. They did it. Mm-hmm. I one of my friends on Facebook, we were um, going back and forth, but I, I backed off because I'm like, I don't think he understands what I'm saying. I said, I know you mocked me for boycotting the NFL. And you said it ain't going to make no difference. But now that the NBA players have done it, you're applauding it. And I said, please tell me the difference. Well, because they're hitting the owners in the pocket. You as a fan, you're not hitting the owners. And right now, they're playing without fans. So it is about the players. I said, but correct me if I'm wrong. Where does this revenue come from? How do these players get money? How do these owners become owners? Mm -hmm. Fan support, whether it be from apparel, 
to video games, to attending these events, advertising dollars, etc. But I understand, yeah, there's no fans right now. But at the end of the day, if fans aren't watching that, those advertising dollars are wasted because people aren't going out supporting those businesses that are paying to have their time shown on the games. Mm-hmm. So the ratings drop. So then at that point, salaries are going to decrease. And eventually you bankrupt the system. That was the point of a boycott for the NFL. So like I said, I appreciate what the NBA players are doing or have done. I'll put it in past tense now because it doesn't look like it's ongoing. It looked like it was a one and done deal. But it would still be a, a larger lasting effect if the fans did it in unison and just say, hey, you put that pressure on them because those owners will feel it. Because right now, these organizations are determining, hey, we're not going to play in front of fans. And it's working. I know that the NFL is even taking that stance. Today it was announced the Eagles aren't allowing fans in the stadium for the rest of 2020. So they're just going to play without fans. But, yeah, they're getting by with it. But at the same time, if people aren't putting money into it, like I said, those those ways I mentioned, these 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 – Means of entertainment can no longer exist. See what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's true. Cause it's like, um, yeah, boycotting NFL, man. I've been I've been on that since I don't even know. It's been a while now, but I I never understood why everyone wasn't behind Cap with that and didn't support that. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's cra- it's crazy that you'll get all these people that be getting mad about when these killings happen by the cops and stuff to our brothers and sisters, but then they turned around and still watched the NFL after the NFL white ball Kaepernick for protesting because of the police brutality. How does that make sense? How can you be mad but then support a system that didn't really give a damn about it when some, when one of the players tried to bring attention to it? Mm-hmm. Like some of some of our people, man, they don't they they like so short sighted because they don't see the bigger picture. It's, and they don't want to unify. I think it's a discipline and it's like unfortunately people care more and this is this is where the disconnect is because uh Entertainment. Entertainment does something to some people. Sports, it must be some type of euphoria because they're like, oh, I can't do it without my sports. I remember when um, we first went down to quarantine and all these um, talk radio sports channels, people were going crazy. I got no sports. I don't know how I'm going to live. I, I can't see. Or anytime you do bring up um, social events into sports, oh, they just need to keep it. Sports is sacred. You shouldn't bring that into sports. So it takes precedence over over anything in these people's minds. Think mm-hmm. back to that movie Django, where they had the wrestlers. Slaves were wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just like today. Um, what's, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, character. He didn't love his slave. He loved what the slave 
did as far as bringing money to him by winning. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that's going today with, with fans. I see it all the time with Eagles fans. Mm-hmm. I've been down to that stadium and let them get some alcohol in them and let one of the wide receivers miss something. All types of racial slurs is coming out their mouth. It, they don't necessarily, they don't love the player. They love the team. It's what the team represents. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the NFL players are getting it twisted because you do have some that will sit up there and defend it and be like, no, these people are paying to see us play. No, they are paying to see their team. They want mm-hmm. their team to win so that they can feel some type of feeling of, hey, I've accomplished something. My team won. Because that's mm-hmm. all some people live by is, you know, my team won five championships. Mm-hmm. And they'll talk about that like it's a personal accomplishment. Yeah, even though they ain't have a damn thing to do with it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think that's what that's what goes on. There's some people's minds, it's like, my team did this, and if my team loses, oh, I, I'm useless for the week. You've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Where a person is a, is a fanatic to, to the point where they can't function. So somewhere in their brain, this is occurring. This is why they don't have enough discipline to go in there and boycott. Mm-hmm. Now, Mind you, I'm, I was a fan of the NFL, and I wouldn't call myself a fanatic, but my Sundays were already, all right, 1 o'clock game, 4 o'clock game, 8.20 game. Boom. That was my Sunday. Mm-hmm. But guess what? After the third week of boycotting it, I didn't even think of it no more. And I was like, yo. I had so much, I literally had a whole day to myself. And I was like, damn, I got all this time to myself. Instead of me watching other people's success. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think once people have that discipline, because I know why I'm doing it. That's what made it, that's what made it, um, I set it as a goal. Like, all right, this is into support Colin Kaepernick. But at the same time, the message that Colin Kaepernick is putting out there. This is mm-hmm. why I'm doing this. So just to be a part of that is like, okay, I, I know that I'm trying. So I know what I'm trying to do for my people at the end of the day. And exactly. some people just don't feel like they'll come up with every excuse in the book. Because either that, I can't even tell you the last time I bought a Madden game. Because I, can't, I went, can't tell you either. Yep. That went too with the boycott. Yeah, because they, they, they would still get revenue from it. Exactly. Anything with that NFL license. At one point, I wanted to buy a cap jersey, but I said, the NFL is getting that money still. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Yeah, because you got to uh, you gotta stand up for something. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta stand up for stuff that's bigger than yourself. Most definitely. And that's, that's the problem. People can't step outside themselves. People are people, like you said, people connect these sports with their with their own self-worth. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's why they'd be like, my team, we <laughs> we we did it. We won. Yeah, and I'm like, you didn't do nothing. <laughs> like you just sat there and just and just watched the game. Right. Wearing, wearing all this uh, merchandise 
that you pay this money for for your team. But <laughs> when it comes to just turning the TV off and not spending a dime or anything, exactly. it's like it's like, oh hell no, I'm not I'm not doing that. I can't I can't give it up. Okay, so that shows that you're a mental slave, uh-huh. and you have you have no kind of um, you know kind of morals or foundation to you. Mm-hmm. So you just you weak minded. You just exactly. going keep going along just to get along because I guess it's not it's not affecting you directly, but it actually is if you see the bigger picture. But you know, people don't look beyond themselves. So and that goes back to what we were saying earlier. That's that's that point of being stagnant, like you said. People just doing stuff. Hey, you know what? This is this is what it is. So I'll just continue it. I'm not going to cause no trouble. I'll let it go. But you have to say, you know what? Us as African Americans have to say, we love ourselves to the point where I'm doing this for me. But most importantly, I'm doing it for future generations, so they won't have to go through this. And like I said, sacrifice is needed. And it goes back to last week's show when um. Uh, Wale brought up one thing he hates hearing, and that's where they say, hey, I'm not my ancestors. In a way to demean because of sit-ins where people were taking abuse. Mm-hmm. But look at the sacrifice they took to put us in a better position. Mm-hmm. What sacrifice, what work are we putting in for our exactly. future generation? Exactly. I remember when this, um, the boycott first happened, and I saw that like people wasn't on board with it. I used to say like, "Yo, if y'all existed back during civil rights, yo, we we would still be nowhere. Like, I mean, we still we still got far way to go, but we was we would not be where we at today. Like, we would still be stuck back in those times mm-hmm. because we got no kind of we could we could not have no bus boycott." We could not have no uh, marches nowhere, you know, the Selma. We could, we could not do any of that. Like, we couldn't have no sit-ins because somebody would be like, oh, I ain't doing it. Don't, it don't affect me or I can't miss this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, people people be on that type of time, and I'm like, y'all, tr- y'all tripping for real, for real, because – if you're not at a point that you're willing to sacrifice something for the betterment of our community, like, what are you really doing? Mm-hmm. And I understand that everybody ain't cut out to do that. So even if you're not on the front line, you should still be supporting in some kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like show some kind of support. So show some kind of unity. If, if it's something as simple as just not tuning into the NFL on Sundays, to do that. Right. You don't have to be out in the front line doing nothing. Right. But we still attacking their wallet. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, that's that's it. And that's exactly why. Hey, let's keep it, let's keep it a buck. That's exactly why when these uh, police murders happen with us it's like 
people just like, you know what? I'm sick of it. They go out. Some people deal with their frustration by breaking something, burning the building down, smashing some glasses. You hitting them in their wallet. Mm-hmm. But yet, people be like, oh, you see that? That's that's what really irks them. You're hitting them in their wallet. Exactly. It ain't. Where's the outrage for the life? Like you said, we can't get them to to feel our pain as far as, hey, do you not see the trauma you just caused for three kids? Do you not see the trauma you're setting for all folks that look like him and can relate to him just by viewing it? These these public assassinations, hangings, murders, whatever you want to call it. Like, you're not thinking of all that trauma people are absorbing and just seeing this all the time. You're doing absolutely nothing about it. Um, Agent 45 hasn't even uttered a word about it. Mm. Not a word, but yet he held that that little punk as as a hero. He had yeah. nothing but good stuff to say. But my whole point is, it's not until you make that their wallets hurt is when they feel pain, and it's always been materialistic with them. That's that's the difference in cultural um, mindset as far as they've always been materialistic. Mm-hmm. That's why they they'll go into places and steal all types of artifacts and art and then have nerve to put it on display. Talking about, Mm -hmm. we discovered this. They've always been obsessed with that. It's always material stuff. But when it comes to um, intangibles, they'll sit up there and say, oh, look at that. That's a witch doctor. That's that fake mess. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, that's how I know the, the essence of where they're their love is is in materials. So once you once you destroy that material, you've hurt them. You've hurt them where it hurts. So like you said, if it's by boycotting, boom, you're hitting their wallet. Or if it's by someone has to burn down something to get your attention. Because guess what? People complaining about this shit. You know what would make people not go into a town and destroy it? Not killing somebody, allowing them to go have their day in court. Exactly. How about That's that? Yeah. How about that? How about how about have one kind of justice system? Plain and not, not have it two ways. <laughs> I mean, but NBA, I, I respect I respect what um LeBron and the, the um players association did for that day. Even I was even surprised that the Phillies didn't play. I think mm-hmm. the Phillies said they weren't going to play. Yeah. So, some, some of the uh, the baseball teams and I think uh, some of the WNBA right. teams didn't play. So I'm glad that these people are making, a, you know, strive steps and strives towards it. But what I don't want it to be is another, like two months ago, to where Black Lives Matter was just, a trend. Mm-hmm. I don't just want this to be, oh, this is the trendy thing to do. Where's the meaning behind it? And then what comes out of it with laws? Exactly. We need to see what the outcome is. And we just mm-hmm. can't do this without there being any type of outcome. We have to have a list of demands to go alongside all of these actions. Exactly. And this goes back to um, a few episodes when we were talking about Black is King. 
what we have to do as African people, we have to get back in touch with the African spiritualism because that will awaken us and get us back to that, you know, that Ogun, that, you know, that hero, that divinity and the warrior spirit in us to, you know, awaken that side of us to where we want to, we, we, not that we want to, that we have to fight for, for what is right and what is ours. We, we're ha we have to unite because we know it's in us. We have to awaken that spirit in us, that energy, that, that uh, frequency and get on that same wavelength and stay there. People need to like research and do that and get back in touch with what our ancestors was doing. Like get that get that inner power and realize who the hell we are, man. We we gods, we kings and queens out here. Like like we can't just sit idly by and expect them to make laws that's gonna protect us. Right. We gotta force that hand to do it because they're not going to do it on their own. They'll use some pretty words and, you know, throw on the dashiki one day and for a photo op, yeah. but they're not really for us until we lean on their neck, literally or figuratively, because they like to do it to, to our people, RP George Floyd. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to be on them. And make sure that this stuff gets passed because it, it's been going on too long. And the longer that it goes on, the harder it's going to be to change it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think we also need to drop that whole, I don't know if it's appropriate to call it a myth, but the whole myth of how do you do away with this? By voting. No, because guess what? You're voting every X amount of years. Mm -hmm. Things are happening in real time. We need quick turnaround. Therefore, like you said, you must force their hand. Mm -hmm. And if this gets their attention, this is more powerful than any election. Exactly. So you force their hand. You don't sit up there and say, let's wait until November. And hopefully the person that can make a difference. It's elected. But we've already seen what happens when you hope somebody gets in there. They don't necessarily do, you know, I, we were hoping in 2008, right? Yeah. So 2008 and 2012, it was all about hope. So the things that we hoped for didn't necessarily get done. Therefore, voting, yeah, voting is crucial, but it's, it's more or less your local government where you can make some changes that you can see. Exactly. When you're talking of a general election and we're dealing with stuff that's on a national scale, no. No 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 person who's in office is gonna resolve that until you demand it to happen. Because asking them is not gonna get it done. Mm -mm. That's why these other groups thrive because they go to these candidates they have an action plan drawn out. They demand their time and they unify and say, if we don't get this, you don't get our support. Mm -hmm. Until we can do that, 
we have no power. We have we have no kind of play at the table because we can't get on one accord to force stuff like that to happen. Right. It's so it's other other communities do that. Right. And with with no problem. Every time it's a candidate, they put together their action plan. This this is what we want. They go to them. They get it because they threaten not to get them their support as a unit, as a whole community. Well, where do we, what do we have? What organization do we have to where we can go out there and demand that? I, I can't think of one that comes to mind, which is why we, we can't sit up and say, hey, voting is key to, to what we're doing. Yeah. What we want to get done. That's like, true. Like you said, they have like NRA, NRA gets things done. They know how to get in people's ears. Yeah. I and can't think of what. Do they wallet? Mm-hmm. We could have HBCUs, but we don't support them. Yeah. Then we have our athletes who don't go to our HBCUs to where we can start the foundation, get the ball moving to where those are places of power to where, okay, you can start branching off and having your you know, what we need to get this done. If you mm-hmm. want to look to sports and entertainment, which I'm always disheartened when it comes to that because that's the only thing we've ever been allowed to be good at in this country is sports and entertainment. Even when we were shackled, hey, go play me some music, Fiddler. Hey, watch this one wrestle. Or this one can dance, this one can sing. Yeah. That's always been it. And I think until we no longer lean on that and we can be independent of sports and entertainment and start looking at it from hey, business business side of it, we'll be able to make drives in this country. We want to even continue to stay in this country at that point. Because then we'll say, Hey, look at what we can do on our own. Yeah, you're right about that, man. And then it's, it's hard because, like, let's say we do get on one accord. Then you got, you know, coons like Stephen A. Smith and Terry Crews. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that they'll, they'll come along and they'll start talking this this BS, like saying that, like Stephen A. Smith saying that uh, Roger Goodell shouldn't be apologizing to Kaepernick. And then you got Terry Crews talking all this all this stuff that he's been talking this year. <laughs> and I'm like, well, people like them, mm-hmm. we're never really going to get it taken seriously because they got this platform. Right. And they're looking at them, like like you mentioned before, as the exception. And like not seeing that that exception is the minority, but people look at the exception as that's, that's the, possible, the only possibility. And everybody should be able to do it. no, everybody's not like them. Everybody's not neutered uh boys, because I don't they're not men, they're not acting like men. They they ain't got no balls. And but bro, it's by design. It's by design these people are put there. It ain't by chance. This is yeah. what they're out there. Yeah. The machine back in them, there's a reason the machine's back in them. 
<laughs> yeah, it's all about that bag. Yep. And they know what message this type of person will put out there. You know what? Give them that money. We'll get it back. We'll get it back and more. Give them that. We're going to do our dirty work. Yeah, it's crazy. And then, uh, goddamn Herschel Walker. <laughs> Let me get me started on him. Yo, oh my God. What did Ty, uh, Tariq Nasheed? What he said? He said he going he gonna get a good help in the butter biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, he yo, he was kissing Donald Trump ass so crazy. I'm like, yo, man, his son. Oh my God. I, I, I mean, I can't whoop his ass, so I, I would have to shoot him. <laughs> 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 yeah, he, he'd be like MMA. He's he's still like he's still ripped like crazy, like fifty-something man. But it's funny how that type of person will go to bat. And like I said, I know the upbringing. I don't know, but what I mean by I know is I'm pretty sure his upbringing was that of most um and most NFL players where they grew up in some hard times and they got to see what it was like to, you know, strive and make it in life. But mm -hmm. it, somewhere something happened to where they forgot all about that past life. Mm -hmm. And going back to what we originally were talking about with evolving, a person can evolve, but it doesn't mean that they forget their roots. Exactly. You still need to have that foundation. Mm -hmm. And for these people to betray their ground, their, their foundation, just to satisfy Massa at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Just to say, hey, you see, I'm, I'm doing what you want me to do. You like that? And that's what it boils down to. It's like these people aren't, they're not all there, man. They ain't all there. Maybe he's had too many concussions. Maybe he got that C, what, CTE. Maybe that's what's going on. He did football. Know. He might have survived it, but not MMA. People going upside his head. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he loved them butter biscuits. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe he bought it a, a the We Sick Master Coalition. Telling you. That's something, but uh, what you said is true because it's like, I know for a fact at my job, I have a ceiling that I can't get past mm. because even though I've evolved in life, I don't sacrifice who I am and where I came from. Mm -hmm. So, I know me being who I am, and I might be stubborn or whatever, because I'm I'm refusing to cowtail to all this all the BS politics, but I can't do it. I can't do that and then be able to still look at myself in the mirror. Right. It's just it's just not going to happen. So I know for a fact that in the corporate world, I'm only going to get but so far. Mm -hmm. because I'm not the moldable kind of person that they want when they see somebody 
of our, you know, African descent. They want somebody that's moldable, that's going to change up their voice when they're talking to them. I don't change my voice when I talk to nobody. <laughs> how I'm talking right now is how I talk when I'm at work. Mm -hmm. Everything, like, I don't change my voice up. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to do it because it would be fraudulent for me to even have to do that. Why, why should I have to do that and not have my work, you know, speak for itself? Right. Why, why do I have to change who I am? And I, I can't do it. So like, you know, the coons or whatever, they willing to change up or whatever, or they might not even be changing up. They might just be who they are. And they're just showing it to the world now because they got they got that money, but I can't do it. I I just can't do it. Like it's not it's not me. If somebody ever saw me acting weird like that, acting beside myself, you know they got me with like the MK Ultra or something like that. Like I got brainwashed or something, man. Right, get out. Mm -hmm. But that even when people betray themselves, so to speak. It don't work out for them. Look at what happened with Candace Owens in this um, RNC convention. Yeah, she got left out. She got... <laughs> That's what she get, though. Mm -hmm. she, she was going hard yeah. with, this, with the white supremacist speaking points. She was going hard with it, and they was like, nah, we don't need your black ass. Exactly. She got her wake-up call, like Paul Mooney would say. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. She, she, on, she on the Amorosa side of the game now. She gonna, she gonna be trying to beg to come back. <laughs> yep. mm. like, nah, we don't, we don't want you back. Stay over there. Nah, man, but this, yeah, this, this is crazy, man. This country, like, you would have thought, like, with a pandemic going on, that that things would ease up a little bit. But it's like, yo, even a pandemic ain't stronger than racism. That's, that's it's crazy, man. I don't know, man. But go back to the original topic. It comes down to evolution. Like evolution itself leads to evolution of society and the the bigger picture. So it all comes down to when is everybody going to evolve? When is the world going to evolve? When is society going to evolve? I guess that's a good question for the, the viewers. Think think about that. When When are you going to evolve or if you have evolved, did you really take a clear, full look at yourself? and make some true changes and not just changes for yourself, but changes that can impact those around you in our community. So on that note, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Liberated Mind Show. Uh, that's Kay, I'm James. We'll see you next episode, peace.
Hello everyone, I'm Brittany, AKA Color BB. So I just am excited to let everybody know that my wig custom color line launches within 24 hours, less than. I'm super excited and blessed for it. Um, we're starting off with five wigs, all custom color, different lengths from 16 to 20 to 24. Um, this is just a short little um, video just saying what everything is about because I know people might have a lot of questions. So some colors I'm just doing because I love color and I know the style and trends that are out today. And I'm also doing um, custom colors for people that request, which are different price ranges for things. So everybody will know once you contact me, the best way to contact me is through email or DM, it might be a little slower. So email is like the best way to contact me. I will also um, have my website up in a few weeks. So um, I'm just starting off with a little bit to sell for you guys to see um, what it does and then we will there. Um, so let me show you one of the wigs and let you know they're full lace, 100% human wig. So if you see the inside, it's full lace clips. So a lot of people were asking me, um, is it glueless? Yes, it is. And you can glue it as well. So for some people that like to keep it intact or something like that, pull it on and pull it off. Um, so this is just a review for people to know because I know when people drop things and start a brand, a lot of people have a lot of questions and they're not sure what is going on. So I just wanted to put that out there for everyone and let you know that I'm doing all custom colors, um, all different types of lengths, all different types of styles. So every week you'll see something different. Um, for now, I just want to give you what I've been working on for the past year and a half. Truly blessed and happy for it. Um, I'm a working mom, entrepreneur, so for me, this is very important um, for my family and for just to inspire other moms that are doing their thing and still being well. Mom is not a job; it's just what you do. Everything else that comes with it, um, besides being a mom. So I hope you guys enjoy and love it, and can't wait to see these orders because. You know with these hands, I'm great with my colors. So I'll check in with you guys soon and you'll see my day in a couple of hours. I'm so excited. Thank you. Under so much pressure, held to a standard, impossible to measure. Without guys, they suffer. No father in sight, uh, no love from their mother. Not the bend for the one in the mirror. Self-image disorder, can't get no clearer. Damn, lost souls devoured by the streets. Ain't no fairy tales or yellow bricks by their feet. Only crack vials and shell cases. Looking for hope, but...